At the old church building, we used to have these signs on the bathroom doors, and it used to say, brothers and sisters. And when I was a young kid, I thought that was the weirdest thing ever. I had so many questions about the bathroom doors, and just leave it up to Christians to make everything weird, right? Like, why in the world would the bathroom doors say, brothers and sisters? Like, if you weren't a sibling, would you not be able to go in there? Like, what if you didn't have a brother? Like, could I not go in? Like, these thoughts used to run through my mind all the time. And Christians just have a tendency to make things a little weird. We're starting a series tonight called This Is Us, and we're going to be talking about family. And yes, I did steal the name of this series from the TV show. Does anyone watch the TV show, This Is Us? Yeah, I don't. Um, definitely not my kind of thing. Um, it's one of those sh- shows that girls love, right? Because it makes you cry and it's a good drama. Um, I don't need any extra drama in my life. I take TV shows a little too seriously. Does anyone like think that they're living in the TV show sometimes after watching it? Like you just get way too emotional. Like if I watched a show like that, I would be going to bed later in the night, like brushing my teeth just like crying in the mirror, like, I can't believe grandma did that to the whole family. Like, I'm just like so broken inside, right? I take things way too seriously. But there is nothing more important than family. And a couple of weeks ago at the bonfire, I mentioned to you guys how we always want the green room to feel like it is a family. There's nothing more important to me that you guys know that you have somewhere where you really belong where there's people that really care about you. And I want to show you why this is biblically true tonight. And I just want to kind of give us some core values that I think would be really important for us to have as a family. As we move forward this year, this is just a perfect way for us to start. Because we're all looking for somewhere that we can be loved, that we can really be ourselves and people will accept us and care about us. And that's hard to find sometimes. People can be so mean. They can be so judgmental. But I always want this to be a safe space. Just recently, I was with um, a couple of youth group students, and we were just talking. And this person was telling me a little bit about their story. And they were saying how their whole life, they felt like they never belonged anywhere. They felt like they could never really make friends But then one day someone invited them to the green room and everything changed for them. They felt like they were at home. They were able to make friends that would last a lifetime. And as that person was saying that, I started to cry so much that my shirt was literally soaking wet, like just boogers coming down my nose. It was like a gross cry. You ever do a gross cry? I was deep in the gross cry. Like at the end of it, I was like, I'm not crying. I'm just sweating, right? Because that was just how nasty I was. But that is what it is all about. It's for you guys to find a place where people really care about you, where you can come and experience Jesus with people who believe like you do. That's the way that God always intended for his church to look like and to be. And I think we really have a chance to be that. And I've seen it happen. You know, it's so hard for me right now. This week has been so difficult because I had to say goodbye to people that were really my family, that I did life with this last year, and I love them so very much. And you know what? We got a glimpse at what that was like to really be a part of God's family, to really belong somewhere. And I want you guys to know what that is like too. But family can be messy sometimes. It can be really difficult. We say things we don't mean. 
we act in a certain way that hurts other people. You guys know what that's like. Some of you come from broken households and you've never really received that love. And that's why the green room is so important is that you guys can come here and know what it's like to really be a part of a family that loves you and cares about you. Sometimes the people that you love the most can hurt you the deepest because they have access to your heart. You care what they have to say. And it's so important that we don't give up on each other. We are gonna hurt each other. I am gonna do the wrong thing sometimes. You guys are gonna say and do the wrong thing. But we never, ever give up on each other. We forgive and we move on and we keep going towards what God has called us to because what could happen here could be so absolutely amazing if we take God at his word. And this family has to be built on one thing. It can't be built on me. It can't be built on our band, even though they're awesome, or you guys and your friends. It has to be built on Jesus. He has to be at the center of everything we do. If we don't make him the center of it, it will all fall apart. I want to read to you guys this little bit of scripture. And this is the message version. I don't always read the message version, but I think it's really good for what we're reading right now. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, and this is what it says. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. I love what this says. It says that you belong here. You are now part of God's family. And he's building something so beautiful. And I believe that's exactly what God is doing here. He is building something so amazing. It's so cool for me as I look out right now. Because a lot of the leaders that are here right now grew up in this youth group. I was their youth pastor. It's so cool for me as I look out and I see Tabby sitting right there because she was part of this family and God has brought her back. And I would love for all of you guys to always be a part of this because God is building something and he's using you. You're part of it, whether you realize it or not. And God is gonna make something so amazing. And I, and I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, all right, great, Joey. Like, God's building a family. You want us to be a family here. I, I get it. But I came in tonight really hurting. I don't know how I'm going to face tomorrow. I need some hope in my life tonight. I need more than just a family. I'm just so overwhelmed by the sin and everything that is going on in my life. Well, we're gonna look at a portion of scripture that talks about us being God's family, but also deals with so many of the issues that we have in our heart and our life. No matter what you came in facing tonight, what we're gonna look at in just a second is gonna give you hope for no matter what you're going through or facing today. We're gonna to be in Galatians chapter four, and this is what it says in verse one. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time is set by his father. 
So what's he saying right here? He's saying an heir doesn't have anything until an appointed time. One day I'm going to have an inheritance from my parents, but I don't get that inheritance until they pass away. It would be ridiculous for me to walk up to my dad and be like, hey, big boy, pay up. I want my inheritance early, right? That's, that's not how that works. There's a set time where I will be able to receive that full inheritance. And what he's talking about right in here is that one day this earth was going to be able to receive their full inheritance. But first, there was going to have to be someone who was going to die. Someone who had to be sacrificed so you and I could step into that full inheritance. Verse 3. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. So before Jesus ever comes onto the scene, everyone in this life was subject to the law. And if you didn't live up to the standards of the law, you were sinful. And the only thing that you could do to try and make yourself right with God was bring a sacrifice. And every single time you sinned, there had to be another sacrifice. They were stuck under the penalty of the law and it was overwhelming. Because of this law, it separated us from God because every single person that had ever walked the earth would be broken and sinful. And there needed to be a payment for this brokenness, for the sin that had entered the world. Verse four, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. See, we received our inheritance through the death of Jesus. Through his life and sacrifice, you and I are no longer slaves to sin. Some of you walked in here tonight feeling like God could care less about you. You feel like God is just so done with you because you have messed up so many times in your life. You feel like he's completely written you off. But that is not the truth. God considers you his son and daughter. He loves you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own son so that you could become his son or daughter. That is how much God loves you. And it's so easy sometimes to get so overwhelmed with life to get so caught up in all of our overwhelming circumstances and all the terrible things that are going on and even our own broken choices that we forget that we are sons and daughters of God and nothing can ever change his love for us. I like to um, tease my kids a lot in any way that I can. I'm, I'm a cruel parent, I don't know. I like to tell my mom to tell one of my daughters, normally it's my daughter Mila who gets the most upset. I say, mom, say that, <laughs> this is weird. Say, say that they're not my kids, right? That's super weird. I even had a hard time getting that. Like tell them, like let's get them really upset. And whenever my mom says that, Mila gets so angry and she goes, my dada, my dada, my dada. And I go, that's right, I am your dada. And I, nothing can ever change it. No matter how much someone else shouts at them and tells them that I don't love them or that they're not mine, even if we're just teasing them, nothing will ever change the fact that they are mine. And I would do anything for them. No matter how much they make me crazy, no matter how many times they do the wrong thing, 
they will always be my babies. And God feels the same way about you. No matter how many times you run from him, no matter how many times you're drawn to other voices that say that you're not his child, he's still there waiting for you, loving you. Because he has redeemed you and you are now his. Have you ever heard a powerful story about adoption? I heard one once about an older child who had gone through the adoption system and he kind of explains his story that all the younger kids kept getting adopted and he got stuck in this orphanage for a while and he felt like there was never gonna be a day where the family actually came for him to make him a son. And he had lost all hope. He thought that this was just his life. And then one day, a family came through and took him as his own son. And his whole world was changed. And the same is true for you and I. That one day, God came in the middle of our mess. Even if you feel like you have no hope, even if you feel so lost, God came in the middle of your mess. And he's calling out to you, son and daughter, because he loves you that much. But it's more than just him bringing us in as son and daughter. We get everything that he has. Do you get that? Everything that is God's is now ours. We now have access to anything he owns. So now eternal life is ours because of how he has redeemed us. Everything that is part of his nature is now ours. So peace is always available to us if we will just reach out. Love, like real love that actually satisfies our hearts is available to you and I. Anything that is God's, he now says, is yours. How amazing is this love that God has for us. There is nothing that even comes close to it. Verse six, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This word, Abba, is an intimate word for father. Some people like to translate it to the word daddy that we use now. Have you guys seen any of these memes that are going around? This is my favorite SpongeBob one, right? Worship leaders, when they want to say, thank you, daddy, God, right? I'm about to head out. Like, I always think it's so weird, right? When some people just start calling out daddy, God. But this verse says right here that our hearts cry out, Abba, Father, because that's how close God is to us. That's how much he loves us. There's nothing that melts my heart more than when my daughters cry out, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And they never just say it once. They always say it multiple times, especially when they need something or they're scared because our hearts cry out the same thing because God is that close to us, that because he loves us that much, the spirit that is living inside of us yearns to be close to our father. That's the relationship with God that you and I were always meant to have. And so I think this pretty clearly shows that you and I are sons and daughters of God. And if that's true, that makes us family. And if we are really family, 
I think that there are some important things that we need to set as some rules. And I think that we always kind of know what these rules are, but I want to be really clear on them tonight. Some core family values that I want us to have here tonight and going forward at the green room. And this is the first one, is that we are quick to forgive. That we are quick to forgive. Like I said earlier, we're going to get things wrong sometimes. And God has forgiven you and I have so much. How could we not forgive the people that he has placed in our lives? We have to be willing to let go. And when we let go, we're the ones that actually find healing. We are actually the ones that find relief when we choose to forgive. So here at the green room, we need to be known as a place that forgives the people in the seats around us because we are all imperfect because we get things wrong sometimes. So it's so important. That's the way that God has called us to live. The second one is that we are always inviting. It's so important that we share the faith that God has given us. You guys have an amazing opportunity all the time to share your faith with kids at school, with your friends in your neighborhood, with the people on your bus. Because you should drive people crazy with how much you talk about the green room. It should make them angry sometimes. I can think of a couple of people recently who have told me stories like that. Like my friend just kept inviting me over and over and I wanted no part of it. And then I finally came and it changed my entire life. Can you guys think about where you were at before someone invited you to something like this? And how much it changed your life when you really became a part of it? When you really knew what it was like to be a part of a family? You could change someone's life with an invitation. So this week, I really want you guys to think about someone that you can invite. Someone that you can share your faith with. Bring them here and watch what God will do in their life. It's one of the most amazing things that you can ever experience in this life when you help lead someone to Jesus. It's so powerful, and it will put your faith on fire if you were willing to do it. The next one is we are careful how we speak. We are careful how we speak, that we aren't tearing each other down constantly out of jealousy, that we're not gossiping about each other behind that other person's back. We're careful how we joke and the things that we say. And we're going to get this wrong at times. I know that I get this wrong sometimes. And when we do, we own it. And we go to that person and we ask for forgiveness and we make it right. But we have to be a place where we are building each other up more than we are tearing each other down. Could you imagine what that would be like if there was actually a real Christian community out there where people were always lifting each other up where when one person is hurting, then we all hurt. When one person is celebrating and just in a great place in life, then we were all celebrating. Because that is what it was always supposed to be like. And that's what I think should be such an important core value for us. And then the last one is this, is no perfect people. No perfect people. No one here pretends like they have it all together. Like they're sinless 
Like every time they walk out of this place, they always read their Bible perfectly. No, we own all the brokenness in our life. And when you really get that, when you understand how much God has truly transformed you and how much he's truly doing in your life, you can't help but love other people well. That's just what naturally happens. And so we don't wear masks here. We're real with what is happening in our hearts and our lives. Because there are leaders here who care so much about you. You don't have to pretend like you have it all together. You can talk to them about what is going on in your life and they will be there for you. They will love you every step of the way. But it starts with us not pretending like we're something that we're not. I want to read to you guys Ephesians 2 one more time because I think it's so powerful. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundations. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. I don't know what you came in facing today. I don't know what's going on at home or going on at school. Maybe you're having the best week ever or maybe you're having the worst week ever. This is good news for you. You have somewhere where people will support you and care about you and love you. And most of all, Jesus loves you. He's crazy about you. No matter what's going on today, that sin that you feel like is separating you has already been dealt with on the cross. All you have to do is call back out to your father and he will reach out to you and remind you what real healing feels like in your life. You don't have to keep running. You don't have to keep wearing a mask anymore. You can be who you really are. And this will be a place of people that love God and love you. I hope that we would be a place that would share this. See, sometimes when you talk about family, you don't want to let other people in on it because it's your thing. It's special to just you. But that's not how this family was meant to be built. We're meant to share this with everyone that we meet. And I promise you, it will still feel like a family because Jesus is the cornerstone of all of it. And somehow, even when it gets bigger, even when there are new faces, when Jesus is the cornerstone, it still all works and he still does amazing things. So here's the bottom line. What I want you guys to remember for tonight is that God is building a home and we're the family. God is building a home and we are the family and you truly belong here. Now let's take these core values seriously and watch all the amazing things that God will do this upcoming year. Let me pray for you guys. God, thank you so much for everyone in this room. Thank you that this is a place where they can truly belong, a place where they don't have to pretend like they're something they're not. Thank you that your love is at the center of all of this. And I pray that we would take this really seriously this year, God, that we would see you do amazing things as you put this together brick by brick. Thank you that you are a God who does the impossible. 
I pray for anyone that just feels lost, someone who feels like they could never possibly open up and be who they really are and admit what they're struggling. Jesus, I pray that your love would reach out to them. It would let them know that there is nothing that is too dark or too dirty for your grace. There is nowhere that your love won't go to set us free, to heal us, to change us. I pray, God, that we would constantly be seeing people come to know you for the first time, seeing chains broken off lives. I pray, God, that we would find real living here, not what the world has to offer, not what the world has to give us, but what you say is true and real and powerful, God. I pray that we wouldn't just be a youth group that talks about you, but a w one that experiences you, God, that knows what it's like to walk into your presence one way and leave a different way. Jesus, we want to know your love more and more every single time. God, I pray that we would see miracles. I pray that we would see breakthroughs. I pray that people's families at home would change because of the things that happen here on a Friday night. Thank you, God, that you are doing something new in this season and that you're gonna blow us away. And tonight is just the beginning. Tonight was just the intro beginning talk of what you are about to do. I pray that our hearts would have great expectation for the impossible. Thank you that your love is at the center of all of it. Jesus, do what only you can do. If you have never placed your trust in Jesus before. I'm just going to give you an opportunity right now. If you want to know what it's like to truly be a son or a daughter, to no longer be a slave to your sin, to know what it's like to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, which just simply means that one day when you pass from this life, you'll be in heaven with Jesus forever. If that's you and you want to pray that prayer for the very first time, you can just say these words silently. You don't have to say them out loud, but you can just repeat them in your heart as I say them. Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. Would you be the savior of my life? I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you redeemed me. And I believe that you rose again in victory. Would you be with me as I start this journey with you? I want to know your love more and more every day. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Just with every eye closed and no one looking around, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, could you just look at me real quick if tonight was your very first time praying that? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, God, so much for what you're doing. We love you and pray this all in your name. Amen.